0: So we're constantly dealing with the coronavirus situation, but there's so many things that rip up from this, Ari. <clears throat> One of them is, and you know I always like to, to discuss the, the issue of God in the equation, right? So to what extent, I mean, I, I'm really fascinated with this because when I, when I talk to people who are devout Christians, who are devout Jews, their answer, more or less, there are exceptions as there always are, uh, is, you know what, God is in charge, Everything's going to be fine, and we can't be hysterical about it. Okay, which is more or less my approach, right? Even though I'm, I'm, I'm not the most devout Jew. I don't go to synagogue every week. I, you know, I, I know there are a lot more Christians out there who are more devout than I am. But I got to tell you, I, I feel the same way. I'm a numbers guy, as, as I always say. I came to God through numbers, in fact. But the hysteria that's coming out there are coming from those people who have no sense or very little sense of God in their lives. How do you like that for a theory? In fact, I, I have to tell you that I've decided to devote a chapter. Uh, I've, I've been working on my second, my my third book, uh, "Atheism Destroys," <clears throat> which talks about the various different facets of how the the notion of godlessness destroys various institutions like family, like relationships. Like romance, um, like the notion of pride, for example. But this coronavirus situation has also revealed uh, that that atheism, godlessness in particular, destroys the notion of cool-headed thinking. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that, you know, the logic. Um, that it opens the floodgates. Atheism toward panic. So whatever the opposite of panic is, whether you want to call that cool, you know, sang-foi or anything else like that, uh, atheism kills it. So that's where I am with that. What do you think about that? I, I mean, am I, am I off track on this altogether?
1: In some way you are because you're not stating it. No, you can leave it, leave it where it was. It was fine. Okay. Um, it doesn't just kill cool-headedness. It kills everything. Because the very existence of this thing, as you talked about on the uh, Chernobyl episode a few weeks ago, is from an atheist regime. Right. So the judicious reaction to the scourge launched from the atheist regime must be judicious. and must not be hysterical if you want uh, your society free of chaos. Well, okay. um, because yeah, I, because is the judicious uh, practice, um, uh, the social distancing or the judicious practice be certain conditional responses like, hey, why don't we limit public transportation? Which, by the way, hasn't been limited
0: at all. I you know. I, I, know, I know. So, so, so but you're right. But I think it even goes farther than that. Of course, it does go farther than that. But right now, let's let's limit it just to this notion of hysteria. I I literally had I think the fifth person call me yesterday, um, complaining that I had taken the approach that, gosh, we should we should consider the economic consequences and for that matter, the lives that are going to be lost outside of the context of the coronavirus, people dying from the you know coronavirus. They, they were shocked and dismayed and very, uh, you know, put out by my suggestion that we need to consider those consequences. And I, and I, I thought to them, why wouldn't you consider that cons- those consequences? That, are their lives, you know, so if somebody dies because uh, he's now more depressed than ever as a result of being holed up in his apartment uh, and he decides to kill himself or uh, because, you know, a little old lady no longer can communicate with her friends in, in the, the nursing home. Or the alcoholic now who suddenly starts, you know, wailing on his wife and decides to kill her, uh, are, are those deaths less important than those people who die as a result of uh, contracting the coronavirus? I mean, I, I, and they're, they're unable to answer the question. They, they can't meaningfully answer, and they say you don't have the numbers for that. I, you really i don't have to have the i have to have the numbers to show to tell you that there's going to be consequences like that are you are ser- are you serious and and would you agree with me there'll be at least one person who who's going to be impacted this way who whose life will be cut short as a result of this yeah but are those people wait 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 wait,
1: wait. Those, uh, no no no, no let, people, let me let me finish
0: up no, let me finish up i'm simply saying that these people just don't want to think these things through and it's not even a question of logic it, uh, I mean, sorry, it's not even a question of God involved. It is a question of logic. And they don't want to even factor that into their thinking. They, they want to get upset about something. It, I, I put it to you that it, it is hysteria. It is panic beyond belief. And, I, and I, as, as I talk to more and more people, I'm seeing a very strong correlation between those who have faith in their lives and those who do not have panic. And I, I, I want to explore why, Ari. Right, that's, the, that's the main mission, at least for this segment of the podcast. Why is that happening? And I think the reason why is that God gives us perspective. You know, when just, just for the sake alone of your being able to have a, a testament, whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, that you can look to for guidance, you know, it's not just a guidance book in terms of, you know, it's also a historical book so that you can at least see things like, you know, this has happened before. Even the plague, you know, when you think about the Exodus story, there's the plague involved. Okay, well, at least you have that perspective that this has happened before. For many people who are going through this, it's like this descent of something that has happened to them and they have no concept that the world has dealt with something similar in the past. And that's just an interesting tidbit. But for some reason, people just have no sense of perspective when they don't have any faith. I think one of the many reasons, Ari, is that when you and I think about death, whether, whether we die from the coronavirus or from a bus hitting us or from cancer, Uh, 40, 50 years from now, or just from old age. When we think about death, we don't think of it as this horrific uh, end of the road where there will be nothing at the end of that road. Also, we don't care
1: how we die. We just care that we live to our fullest until it happens. Right.
0: I like that. It's exactly right. We have to live to our fullest.
1: Whether whether this current plague takes me or some other thing, I don't really care. Uh, The point is, we have an assurance that what matters is that we either lived or don't live, not whether uh, a criminal's bullet or uh, cancer killed us. Now, if someone were to murder us in an act of immorality, that matters for different reasons than just the basic, am I alive or dead right now? Right. That's a different thing. Um, But we have... I think there's the, the correlation you're seeking is this. Those of us who believe in God are more likely to be critical thinking about the information the media spoon-feeds us. And the hysterics that you're talking about are at a disadvantage in two areas of information. First, they don't have faith in the Creator. Or if they pay lip service for such things, they don't have true faith. And because they ha- don't have true faith in the creator, they're more likely to be swayed by the herd mentalities of the information that's piped into their brains on a daily basis by our culture, which is in many ways rotten.
0: All right. So, look, I'm with you on this, and I agree everything with, with that, that you said, uh, but I think this notion of death is, is so... It's unknown to them. It, it terrifies them. And... For us, those who are of devout Christian, devout Jewish faith, I can certainly speak to the Jewish faith part of it. You know, death is part of the life cycle, right? We, we have a whole, we recognize that everyone will die. And we as Jews, and Judaism generally speaking, has a process to respect the death process. You know, there's the sh- sitting shiva, uh, you have to bury your dead uh, within 48 hours, there's a yard site, which means a year's time. Uh, where you say you're final in mourning and then you have to move on. and the, It's part of the process. We understand that we belong to that process and no one can escape it. There's the birth part, <laughs> there's the marriage part, there's the work part, there's the, uh, the mitzvah part, and of course there's the death part. And so we understand that, we get that. Yeah, we accept it, like we,
1: defecation.
0: We, we accept it, yeah, we understand like, it happens. Yeah, we're right? breathing disease for that matter is part of life. And we're going to get colds, we're going to have fear, We're going to have joy. Um, We're going to have terrible devastation in our lives. You know, God willing that we minimize those things. But nevertheless, uh, that is part of the reason why I think that people are, those with faith, have a lot less terror about this situation. They shrug their shoulders and they say, okay, it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You got Exactly. You got to do what you got to do. And they they say, look, I'll take the normal precautions. Uh, You know, uh, I will uh, not you know, hug as much as I used to. Uh, I will try to keep my distance. Maybe I won't go in the elevator when it's packed with other people. Um, I will uh, not, uh, you know, engage in, uh, you know, going to a rock concert. I won't have a rave party or anything oh, else. I won't smoke crack with Hobo Joe this week. Well, you know, you know, speak for, you know I, I know that that's something you've that you've elected to do, and I think that's well, great. I All right.
1: sell it to Hobo Joe <laughs> and the crack dealer. Right, know, but, but this know. week you're not doing, yeah, and not doing it, and I applaud
0: that. I really yes, do. Yes. So anyway, so, so but you, you you also you know wash your hands. Uh, you know, you try to, you make extra effort to sneeze in the other direction, cough in the other directions. I get that, right? So, but again, it's all about you, your mindset. You know, do you want to go crazy about this thing? And I just, I don't see it among my my Christian and my Jewish, devout Christian and devout Jewish friends. I, you know, thank you. Uh, well, thank that- you very much. And, and it's, it's a symbol to me of yet another reason why God is there. Because at the end of the day, Ari, we are going to have the numbers about this. We're, we're going to know. Uh, God willing, it's very soon. I would love for this to end tomorrow. But let's say it ends uh, just roughly for the sake of discussion sometime in the middle of May, where we can say, okay, yes, we are still having some people die from this thing, but it's, it's truly tapered off. We can, we can declare this is the end and people should start going back to work. Let's say, God willing, uh, that it happens really soon. But let's say May 15th. So on May 16, we get to uh, analyze the numbers, right? We get to say, look, you know, it turns out there was uh, 35,622 deaths, okay? That's the tally. And it looks like, you know, while we'll have a couple more going on in the future, it's basically this is it, all right? Just like we had the Spanish flu in 1918, there's a tally, okay? It was 455,000 or something. And I'm sure there was some tapering off. But you had a number, and we're going to have a number. And they're going to say, Was it worth it? Did we, did we save so many lives uh, only to then destroy millions of other lives, and for that matter, kill many other people uh, in the process? Did, were we penny wise and pound foolish, in other words, right? Not just from a monetary point of view, but, but from a lives point of view. And I, I I put it to you that we're going to be looking back and saying, "What the frig? What did we do? We we went into total panic mode." And I, I it's not that I want to be right, Ari. I you know we all want to be right in our progno- prognostications and such. I I get that. There's a there's a little bit of pride involved in that. I I you know no one can deny that. But first of all, don't you want me to be right? <laughs> that this is not going to be in the millions of deaths. Uh, we would all want that. And don't you want it to be as low a number as possible? Yes. But if we're doing this and we actually increase the numbers on the other side, you know, playing a whack-a-mole sort of game, then are we really accomplishing anything? And are we not just engaging in panic? That's what I'm worried about. No, well, my perspective
1: is there, there are two factors in this. The first is the personal. A friend of mine put it, I thought, in a very clear, stark term with this. He says, well, what's your job here? Your job, and I look this as my job, so I'll speak about sure. it in the personal for me. My job is to get myself and my family through this for approximately the next five weeks or so and come out the other side safe. That's job one. Job number two is for my society more specifically, a free society, to come hopefully come out of this after five weeks and be intact. That's what scares me more than anything, because I'm not sure, based on the leadership that this society has, and it's not the elected officials. In many cases, it's what Mark Levin talks about, the super state, the bureaucratic state, the deep state, if you will. Like here in Los Angeles, the people who closed down the beaches and the parks, which are probably the safest place to be when you are out in the open, weren't the elected officials. It was the appointed health commissioners from the various departments. Okay. So, so I'm just saying, when we come out of this the other side, what part of freedom will be left?
0: And oh, will yeah. no, freedom the be? The freedom is a very big. And issue, how right?
1: much will freedom be diminished permanently, or for a long period of time? And how will it be recovered? History shows, and this is the part that scares me: is that once relinquished or once taken, elected officials and bureaucrats are not
0: quick to relinquish yeah, yeah. that. So that's now. one of the other factors involved here, uh, where you know you want to discuss the issue of um, you know the death of freedom as well. There, it's not just consequences in terms of lives. It's it consequences in terms of how we, um, how we run our society because, oh, gosh, you know, we want to avoid the spread of any, any other virus for that matter. And there's always a cause, uh, there's always a justification for doing that, right? So that's a state compelling interest, as we say in law. And uh, maybe that's another thing that we have to worry about. I mean, there's, but the frantic nature of this scare is what we're talking about, and i just I think that, uh, as we get more and more into a godless society, I think you're going to see this sort of hysteria. I mean people are talking to you, they're talking to me i I, and I know they're speaking to you as well, um, saying things that make utterly no sense whatsoever they, you know and and the the fact that you even suggest that there are economic consequences beyond the coronavirus situation, that there are, that there are death consequences. That have nothing to do. I'm sorry, that are not directly coronavirus uh, consequences. Uh, they look at you like you're crazy and, and and wildly insensitive. And on the contrary, you say, "I want to be. I'm, I'm far more sensitive than you are about this." Right. I care about
1: all deaths, not just yeah. these deaths. And but the pattern holds. And we're talking about the exact same people here. It, when Sandy Hook happened, a friend, in finger quotes. Uh, posted something about how guns cause this. And that was the incident where some guy goes and shot up a bunch of children in a school. To which I asked him, aren't you pro-abortion? And he then said yes. And then attacked me. How dare you correlate the two? To which I responded, isn't a death a death? So why are these good deaths and those not? Right. right. And we're, But my point is the trolling... Things our political and and faith adversaries are engaged in are following the exact same pattern here. Understand, we're not virtuous because we don't care about the right kind of death, and they do. Understand because of the message they were fed. Yeah, I I actually look at the plagues as good things. In in Exodus, the the Israelites received liberty after the tenth plague. Mm-hmm. Um. In the earlier plagues of the of the, the last century, after the 1918 plague, America became the cleanest place on Earth until the, the end of the 1950s, when the collective memory of the 1918 plague ebbed and then the hippie filth movement took over. I'm hoping this plague will have a similar result and we'll see the end of piercings, tattoos, and facial hair. Oh, gosh. You,
0: well, that you know, that, would, that, would that be kind of fun. filth yeah. and maybe homelessness. There'll be a whole new approach toward... Uh, what, hygiene. What, yeah, what constitutes uh, healthy living and how we can minimize uh, this uh, devastation. Now, it's interesting because in China, where, you know, as, as, as though, um, although we have serious hygiene issues here in America, of course, they're far worse in China with all the, you know, the wet markets that they have. People are still eating bats. I think you forwarded over a, um, uh, a link showing that China's going right back to eating these filthy exotic animals and not even uh, processing them in any hygienic manner whatsoever so they apparently have learned nothing at least on the wet market uh, sort of uh, you know st- score from this whole process ps uh, china is, is a largely atheist society and that's a big ps in my my opinion and uh you know that the more uh, faith-oriented, a country is, I think, and what I've observed at least, the more it tends to uh, have a sense of cleanliness, and that it desires to learn from these issues. So, I, you know, I don't know. It's we, we talked about the Chernobyl issue, the, the Chernobyl comparison, that China, uh, you know, has unleashed this virus, whether it was intentional or negligent. You know, we can. That's a totally separate uh, discussion one day. But assuming all, of course, negligent that uh, the way they handled this, just like Chernobyl was a negligent uh, action, the way they handled it is exactly the way that, um, that the Russians, the Soviets handled the Chernobyl situation. And I think in a very irresponsible and I think also in a very godless way. People don't care to think about what God thinks if they don't believe in God. It's, it's, it, that's kind of an obvious axiomatic statement, right? They just don't care to act in a godly way. But at the same time, they, they'll say to us, Ari, that, well, gosh, aren't we acting in a godly way by asking all of us to uh, stand still and uh, shelter in place uh, so that we can save the lives of as many pe- pe- people as possible and to not overwhelm the hospital system and so on? Aren't we doing a great thing? To which I say no. You're not doing a great thing because you're, you're in fact not considering the whole picture. You are going to increase devastation and disease upon everyone else. Um, and this is the height of cowardice in my opinion. I've written an article to this effect and I call it the opposite of war. Uh, if you're going to be sacrificing anything, you need to understand that in order to advance as a society, you need to sacrifice. and. That's not to say that oh, all the old people who are more vulnerable to this should learn how to sacrifice themselves. It, sh- it should, however, uh, keep us all in perspective. What does God want from us? Right? I mean, that's, that's the ultimate question. If you ask that question, if you phrase it that way, you know, how would God want us to handle this? If we are to look at the devastation that putting everyone in their homes for even a couple of months like this, versus the amount of people that might die as a result of the coronavirus directly, I think God might very well conclude listen you're you 're not doing the right thing. It sounds nice you feel you feel good for the moment, but you 're actually doing horrific things for yourselves it 's a little bit like the, the 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 choice that God imposes upon the Israelites when they go to the to Canaan, and he tells them. In no uncertain terms, you are to slaughter every single man, man, woman, and child, and dog for that matter, or animal that these Canaanites have. Because uh, they will do such horrific pollution to mankind in the long run that it's not worth keeping these people. There's a balance that God made. And I, th- I think there's something, uh, th- this balance is even more obvious. I'm okay, not-
1: so how is that not doing, if the greater amount of death comes from our response, how is that not potentially doing God's will? I don't
0: understand what you're saying.
1: Okay, if God has sent a plague, and I believe he has, to wipe out the, uh, the uh, unrighteous. Oh, I see. Who cares whether they're wiped out by the virus or the economic devastation corollary effects?
0: Well, okay, I don't know if I agree with your premise. Uh, I'm just asking the question. I, I I'm not but, saying I okay, agree Okay, but you, you, it's know. very hard to say, you know, because we, we know that a lot of the victims of the coronavirus are elderly who have a condition already. Uh, yes, it's a very small percentage, but nevertheless, it still, you know, it seems to impact them. Dramatically. So it's hard I think one would be hard pressed to say, look, these people deserve it somehow, and I don't think that's what you're saying, but
1: Right, but what about all those young liberal decadents who are gonna be wiped out in the economic fallout? Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm saying we we are merely living beings. God is the all knowing one. All we can do is read the tea leaves he scatters before us and come to hypothetical conclusions about what those tea leaves mean. I know, I, I know. But so the, the way if I would look at it as
0: The way I would look at it is a little different because, you know, again, now turning to the Old Testament, uh, what we call the Bible and the Christians call the Old Testament, if you look at it, uh, you know, the Jews and uh, many times had turn away from god and 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 in doing so uh, they suffered terrible consequences uh, babylon and the romans of course and as, the holocaust, as, and the, holocaust. And and the other to, well to lesser extent the holocaust but we we can we can talk at length about that the the problem is or the the point is that god you know does ask us to follow him and maybe the the issue here is uh, that here's a plague and you know, I'm disappointed with you people is what you're trying to say. Yeah, you broke the covenant and... Yes. Yeah. But I think that your your larger point is that somehow it's also for the, for the young people and everything else. I, I don't know if that's if I buy into that argument. I think, well, I'm saying if the young are gonna be disproportionately affected by the economic... Causes, I know, I heard you I heard, you, I heard you. But I'm not saying that, All I'm saying that you might as well make the same argument about tsunami, about an earthquake, uh, if, if you take this as a natural disaster. And that affects the entire world this time. Uh, look, it, it, there's, we, we, have, we can only respond. That's, I guess that's as a civilization, we can only respond. And the way we respond is what God is looking at right now. I think that if we turn to God and we understand that, we will gain the perspective that we need to gain to say, look, uh, we must move on with our lives, okay? And we must li- live on as a civilization. We can't turn civilization off for the sake of uh, some very, uh, set, you know, very such. We, we, we would love to make life perfect for everybody, but we can't, all right? We're not yet in utopia. And uh, we haven't yet reached heaven one way or the other. So we need to, you know, do the, the calculations. We have to figure this out. Well, you know, on the one hand, my heart goes out for your, your nanny, uh, your, your your Nana. N- Nana, rather, yeah. Your abuela. You're, yeah, exactly, uh, who's 95 years old. Truly, it goes out for her. But at the same time, we cannot stop civilization. We cannot do it. And uh, which, by the way, you know, it, it, you might lose uh, Nana, to use that phrase, uh, today. But the fact that millions of others are, are going to die tomorrow or next week, that seems to get lost on you. And that... You know, as, as much as you love Nana, we have to think about the millions who will die next week. Yeah.
1: There's, there's a couple things, though, that strike me as interesting about this this moment, which are a little different than... You brought up uh, tidal waves or um, so, earthquakes yeah. or hur- tornadoes. Fine. Those are purely or hurricanes. Natural events with devastation. But there's an interesting distinction between this one and those. And it, it goes back to what you said in the Chernobyl episode. This one was specifically unleashed by human evil. Right? The other thing that's interesting about it to me is in the Western world is the specific timing of when this is happening, right around Passover. And the specific proscribed solution is to stay in one's houses, which to me looks eerily like the story of Passover. Stay in your homes and let the destroyer pass over you. <clears throat> I don't think that's an accident.
0: Well, okay.
1: Right? I mean, come on. You, those of us as, who are faithful don't uh, follow the signs. The signs follow our belief. And for, I don't believe there are accidents in this thing. And for this thing to happen at this time in history in such a way to, when things are so good in America and on the ascendancy, to remind America to remake that covenant with God right around this time of year, whether it's a literal angel of death coming while we cower well, Passover, or not, is an interesting set of overlays. Yeah,
0: this is the danger of having uh, loose analogies, Ari, and... They say that every analogy breaks down somewhere, and this analogy that you presented, although it's it's sweet and it's cute, um, it breaks down very early on. Uh, among other things, you're not. We're not dealing with a pharaoh. On the contrary, you both love Trump, and Trump is uh, we think doing a very good job. No, oh, Xi Jinping. Hang on, hang on. Uh, we're not trying to tell Xi Jinping to to let the people go or anything else. I mean, there's so many things that are wrong with that, uh, and, and the fact is that. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't to slaughter the firstborn. It, it was, you know, God was trying to send a message to, uh, to Pharaoh to relent. Uh, there's nobody here to relent. There's a lot of places where this, uh, this analogy fails. Uh, it's, it's sweet, it's cute, but it's just a poor analogy in my opinion. Look, uh, at, at the end of the day, the, on the whole mission of this podcast, and this is really where I want to wrap up, is to really think about those who think about God and for whom God is a very important part of their lives in the way they are reacting to this uh, pandemic. You know, how, how do we perceive this? And all I'm saying is that I'm noticing that the, the, among those who are truly faithful, I see a very strong correlation in terms of their attitude saying, okay, you know what, we'll just, you know, we'll try to be as clean as possible, try to be as respectful as possible, but at the same time, we should not let We should not do so at the expense of collapsing civilization itself, because that is far more dangerous than anything that this coronavirus can give us. And that is my point, my friends. Godlessness and this coronavirus, there's always a connection. And it's, in this case, how people have reacted to it. I'm Brock Luring. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk with you next week.